great morning uh, so far, and uh, we're going to jump into the Word today, which is uh, going to be exciting. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to sharing this with you, and I know God's put this on my heart, and so I'm looking forward to uh, what God wants to uh, speak into your life and share with you today. And we are closing and finishing our series on uh, evangelism, and so over these last couple of weeks, we've been shining light on this, uh, on this topic. Uh, and what does this look like for your life individually? And what does this look like for us as a church? Uh, we believe and we know and we read and we read that uh, Jesus has called us to share the good news. Jesus has called every single one of you to share the gospel of Jesus and of his life, his death and his resurrection and what that means uh, for every person uh, that you walk past, that you know of. And uh, I think it's a, an amazing thing that uh, Jesus didn't just call the pastors to go out and evangelize. He didn't just call the ones who can talk underwater. Uh, we all have a friend or a family member that can talk underwater quite successfully. And uh, you know, evangelism isn't just for those ones. It's for all of us. Jesus has called all of us to share what we know. And uh, over the weeks, we've chatted about different things. We've uh, spoken about how it may look different to every person. For some of us, it may be walking down the street and, and having a conversation with someone who we don't know to a stranger. For some of us, it may be uh, inviting our dads to Father's Day in a couple of weeks. Um, for some of us, it may be uh, putting a worship song on in a plane and blasting it so that people hear it. But however that may look in your life, we're all called to evangelize. And so... I've had a blast uh, you know, talking about this over the last couple of weeks, and so as we close today, uh, this is a scripture that God put in my heart, and uh, it may not be the typical uh, sort of evangelism uh, scripture, but uh, bear with me, we're going to uh, look into this, and, uh, and I pray that it blesses you. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, we're going to read. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Uh, pretty uh, insane scripture, a pretty insane story. I, I, I try and, you know, as I was just visualizing this uh, this week and I'm thinking of being on a boat and, and I just love how, you know, uh, other versions say that immediately the wind and the waves uh, stopped and they were calm. And, uh, you know, I'm even just thinking of, you know, storms that we've had around this area. It's like generally there's storms and there's rain and there's thunder and it kind of just slowly moves away. And, uh, and I'm thinking, imagine being on this boat in the middle of the lake with this storm and water's coming in and, and to the point where you think you're going to drown, to the point where you've got to wake Jesus up because you're like, we're going to die. 
And, and, and Jesus hops up and speaks to the wind and speaks to the waves and immediately it stops. Pretty phenomenal uh, uh, story, scripture, when you actually stop and think about that. But what I love most about this is that Jesus before this had just spent time preaching and teaching uh, large crowds and, and his disciples were there as well. And, and so he had uh, was, was spent some time talking about parables. So you can read sort of the verses in the chapters before. He's, he's sharing on, you know, parables of the kingdom and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and so after preaching and teaching the crowds and the disciples, they jump in this boat to cross the lake. And, and, and I feel like Jesus now is not just wanting to teach the disciples and teach the crowds of the word of God, but he now wants to uh, uh, bring them to a time where they uh, have to walk through a practical lesson, right? Uh, who knows that it's not always just about hearing the word of God. It's not just about knowing what God can do, but it's actually about activating uh, and, and, uh, a faith with the word that we hear, right? That, that hearing the word of God should actually produce faith in our lives, um, in, in, in Romans 10, 17, says that, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When we hear the word of God, it should produce a faith in us. And see, Jesus had spent so uh, much time teaching and preaching the word of God and what he had to say, and now there's a moment with his disciples where he's like, hey, now you have to live out the faith. Now you have, you've seen what I've done, you've seen the miraculous things that I've done, you've seen and heard of what I've preached, but now would you activate and would you produce faith and outwork a faith that you have to walk through from what I've said? And I think it's important, uh, and I love that our faith can be, uh, can undergo these, these, uh, you know, these tests, these lessons. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was just thinking uh, 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 about watching the Olympics and, oh, I said the O word, sorry, uh, but um, uh, about watching the Olympics, and, and I remember, uh, you know, uh, re-watching the, the 100 meter uh, uh, finals, and anyway, I looked into it because the, the slowest time recorded out of, the, out of all the heats in the 100 meter race was 11.42. That was the slowest male time recorded at the Olympics this year, right? Imagine running 11.42 and 100 meters and coming last right? He's literally the word. He was the bottom. His name was at the bottom of the list, and he ran 11.42. The, 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 the thing that got me was that uh, as I was watching the finals, and, it's, and, and for me, and, and this applies to other sports as well and other events, but do you find yourself like cheering them on, but, but then getting like an attitude towards them, and, and you've all of a sudden become their coach, Right? Like, you're like, run faster, right? And I'm like, oh, you know, and they watch a replay, and I'm like, oh, if he just had got a better start, he would have placed in that one, you know? And, and you know, and I'm sitting here on the couch with, like, my packet of mint slice, you know, that, that, I've, that I've nearly consumed in one sitting, and, and, and I'm watching the 100-meter race going, nah, he, he should have used his arms more. Like, and, and so it's so easy to criticize. It's so easy to, to point out and, and to know, oh, if only they had have done that better, they could have run faster, he could have gone further, that, that kind of thing, and... And, and I think when it comes to our faith, it's, it's one thing to know what to do. Uh, it's one thing to, to, to look at somebody else's life and go, oh, if they only just would trust in God more, then they'd be right. It's so easy to say, oh, if only they just believed, uh, you know, that this, if they only just read the scripture and did this, then, then maybe. It's so easy to point and to, and to criticize and to look at other people until you actually have to do it, right? 
I don't remember the last time I ran 100 in 11.42 seconds. I don't remember the last time I put in the hard work to try and get to the Olympics in a 100 meter sprint. So it's one thing to say, hey, they could do better. They should have done better without doing any of the work. I think it's important that sometimes we be, we, we're challenged uh, to say, hey, what, how is this faith in our lives being activated? How are we uh, uh, outworking faith in our lives? Or are we just sitting back, listening, Sunday after Sunday, week after week, knowing what the Word of God says, but not actually doing anything about it? You know, the religious leaders, even in this time when Jesus was walking around, they would have known, they would have been quite familiar with a lot of the Old Testament texts that we have today, yet no matter how uh, confident and how off by heart they knew the scripture and the passages, they still found a reason to put Jesus on a cross and to crucify him. It's not just about knowing what the word of God says, but how does that look like being outworked in your life? Jesus spent time here preaching and teaching about parables, but now his disciples were on a boat in the middle of a lake in the middle of a storm, and he was going to teach them a practical lesson. And I really feel like for someone here this morning to, to know this, that Jesus can be trusted in the storms of life. Jesus can be trusted in the storms of life. You can trust him. In the middle of a lake, in a boat, when the water's coming in and there's a storm and Jesus is sleeping, know that he can be trusted. Whatever storm you may be facing this morning, and, and we use the analogy of a storm because it paints the picture of when you feel like you're surrounded by, uh, by, by, by danger, when you feel like there's an unknown, when you feel like you can't see past the storm and the clouds and the thunder and the waves and you feel like you're in a boat and the water's coming in, you feel like you're drowning, you feel overwhelmed, you feel the pressure, you feel the fear of what does this look like? In the middle of the storm, Jesus can be trusted. And, and, and for someone here today, I, I, I want to say this, I struggled with this thought that storms only came with, when, when I disobeyed God. I thought storms in my life were, 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 were directly linked to disobedience to God, right? It's like I've read the story of Jonah, right? And I run the opposite way of God when, I, when, when God's called me to something and I don't do it and he end up in a storm. I always thought that storms were, were, were directly connected to disobedience to what God is calling me to do. I love in this story that the disciples face a storm directly because of their obedience, right? When you read back, Jesus is the one who had this really smart idea to jump in a boat and cross the lake, right? Like, well, you're like there, I mean, I know he couldn't check the weather app or anything, but, you know, like Jesus being, you know, the, uh, the son of man and all, you know, you'd think that he would kind of know that there was a storm brewing, you know? So, so you know, but the, 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 the idea here that I love is that because the disciples agreed, and because the disciples walked in obedience, that, yeah, let's jump in a boat, right? It led them to the storm. Because of their obedience, they found themselves in the middle of this lake with a storm. And I think when it comes to evangelism, when we understand and know that Jesus has called us to share the faith that we have, Jesus has called us to have a conversation with someone, to share with someone about what we believe in, to invite someone to come and see 
what we do and to come and see the God that I serve, sometimes it can be scary. And, and, and sometimes when we feel led and the Spirit leads us to have that conversation with someone, who knows that it can, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it can lead to a storm. It can lead to pushback, right? The last time, or not the last time, I remember so many conversations of talking to people about my faith and there's so much pushback. There's, I feel like I'm in a storm. I feel like I, I'm not making any ground. I feel like I don't know what's happening around me and I, I can't see where you're past this conversation. I don't know what's going to happen. And there can be fear about what are people going to say? If I invite my father to, 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 to Father's Day in a couple of weeks, what's he going to reply? What's he going to say? What are they going to judge me? Is it going to ruin something? What are they going to comment? And there can be fear around this. And the great part is that about the scripture is I love that out of the obedience of the disciples led them to the storm. But the bottom line is when you walk in the spirit, when you let the spirit lead you, and even though it may lead you to a storm, you can be confident that Jesus is right there with you. When you walk in obedience to what God is calling you to do, storm or not, Jesus is there. And so now I now have a confidence in my life that when I have a conversation with someone, and I really feel like God's calling me to invite them, God's really calling me to share my faith, God's really calling me to, to have that conversation with someone, I know that even if there's pushback or not, even if the conversation doesn't go how I wish it went, how I thought it would go, I know, Jesus, that you were right there with me. Right, And this is the light bulb moment for me because when the opportunity comes to share our faith and to invite people to be here with us and to have a conversation about God, the light bulb moment for me was out of this whole series is that God wants them to come. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my office going, yeah, right. right. Like This isn't like a, we gotta twist God's arm to try and convince him that the people in our community need him, right? This light bulb moment of God, you actually want every person in my life or in my life to come to know you. Every family member, every friend, every person I work with, every time I go and talk to them about who you are, God is there, Jesus is there going, I want this to happen. I want this to go well. I want, you to, to, I want this to go well for you. I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to, 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 uh, uh, to, to muck it up. I, I feel like you know, Jesus saying, hey, I want this conversation, this evangelism thing to go well in your life because I want people to be close to me. And when we understand that we don't have to have fear around walking in obedience to what Jesus has called us to do, which is share the good news, because we know that he is right there with us and we know that he wants that very person that we're talking to, to come to know him. I wanted to share these two scriptures really quickly just to cement the thought. Matthew 18 Chapter 18, uh, uh, verses 12 to 14, right? Jesus is, is, is using this parable and he says this. He says that if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Your family members, your parents, your friends, your, your children, your grandkids, God wants them near. God wants a relationship with them. 2 Peter 3.9 
The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Every person. And so next time you go and have that conversation with someone, next time you feel like, God, maybe you're calling me, maybe I need to text that person, maybe I need to ring that person, maybe I need to have a conversation, maybe I need to invite someone to Father's Day. Next time that conversation and that situation comes up, you can be confident that Jesus is calling you to evangelize. Jesus is calling you to share the good news. He is right there with you in the middle of the storm in whatever you face in every conversation and know that it is his heart to see that person come to know him. Wow, doesn't that take the fear away? Doesn't that, doesn't that go, God, I, I can, maybe I can do this. I don't know exactly how that looks, but I know, God, that I can do it. And it makes this, this statement that the disciples made so outrageous, right? In Mark, they, they run to Jesus and they say, what? Teacher, don't you care? Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? You know what this morning can I tell you that he cares he does care it may look like he's sleeping it may look like you're in a storm and and you don't know how you got there and you're asking questions of of, of what did I do how did I get here what's going to happen can I tell you that he cares he cares for you. And when you have the opportunity to share your faith with someone, he cares. He cares about that conversation. He cares about the outcome of that person's eternity. He cares about your family and your friends more than you care about them. And so just as I read this, as I read this scripture and I read this passage, I came to a conclusion that for the disciples, the danger wasn't the storm. The danger wasn't the storm around them and the water coming into the boat. Jesus cares too much about them. I mean, he was in the boat as well. Uh, uh, you know, I think he cared for his own life. Um, that would have been awkward, right? The disciples, I don't know, like drowning and he's just like standing on the water going, oh, I didn't think this through. Um, But Jesus cares, and, and the danger wasn't the storm. The danger for the disciples wasn't what was going on around them. The danger that Jesus was trying to address was their unbelief. The storm was never the danger, because as Jesus woke and spoke to the wind and the waves, they immediately stopped. So the issue, the struggle, the danger wasn't the storm. The thing that Jesus was trying to address was their unbelief. He says to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Out of all the signs that they've seen him do to this point, out of all the teachings, and, and, and understand that this isn't just Jesus teaching and preaching. The stuff that he's saying is just full of Wisdom is full of life. It's, it's beyond anything that they've heard before. This is the word of God that is being spoken to them live. And, and, and yet Jesus is saying, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I think sometimes our greatest problems 
are within us, not around us. Our greatest problems aren't always the storms and the water coming in the boat and the struggle of, are we going to drown? Sometimes the greatest problems is what's going on in here, what's going on in here. The disciples struggled and couldn't believe that, couldn't comprehend that Jesus could actually do something here. Their, their response, their, their, their comments to Jesus was, don't you care? And so the issue was with them and their faith. And, and I wonder when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to sharing this life that we have, when it comes to sharing about the salvation and comes to sharing about this eternity that people are gambling with, maybe the, the issue isn't what's around us. And, 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 and for me, it was always, it, it, I remember in high school, it was always about trying to wait for the right moment, but it was always trying to, you know, get one-on-one -on -one with someone so no one else could hear, right? I remember times in the supermarket chatting to someone and I'm like, I'd love to tell them about Jesus, but I can hear a family on the next aisle across, you know, the kids are playing up and, 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 and what if they hear what I say? And, and I used to try so hard to get around me to be so perfect to be able to share my faith and till I got to a point where I go, God, maybe, maybe it's not so much what's going around me, maybe what's it's in me. Do I, do I really believe in this thing? Do I really believe that, that I haven't just gone from bad to good, but I've actually gone from death to life. Do I really believe, Jesus, that you died for humanity? Do I really believe that even the person that annoys the heck out of me, God, you still want to see them saved and you still want to see them in eternity? God, do I, do, I, do I really believe that no matter the struggle and no matter what people are going through, even though I may not have the answer, people come to me and say, why is God doing this? I don't know, but I know that he loves you. I don't have your answer, but I know that he died for you. And I know that salvation is, is free. Do I really believe this thing? God, are you trying to do a work in me? Or, or, or Because maybe the biggest problem isn't what's around me, it's what's within me. And so Jesus, as much as he loved to preach and teach, he wanted to walk his disciples through this practical lesson. I wonder if for us as a church, if you as an individual over these weeks have been encouraged and have been challenged of what does that look like in your life? So not just hear about, yep, amen, Pastor Trav, we should go out and we should invite people and we should be telling people and, and we should be expecting and, 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 and believing for a conversation with someone to invite them to church. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to have that conversation? When that opportunity comes, are you ready to activate and produce faith in that moment from what we've heard? And to finish with this morning, I want to close with this thought. And I've got this behind me because I didn't want us to miss it. Uh, I, I read this, um, uh, a statement from someone else. And it says this. It says that we must talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. And just as Jesus, in this passage in Mark, brought a brought preaching and teaching, but then called his disciples to a practical lesson of outworking their faith. 
uh, I want to leave you with a practical uh, thought for us all to leave with. And so whether this is your first Sunday here, whether this you've been here over this entire series, whether you've been a Christian, a believer for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, or maybe you've been here for decades, this applies to everyone. That outside of evangelism, outside of the actual fact of having a conversation with someone, um, the practical lesson that I want to leave you with this morning is that are we talking to God about people? Are we praying, believing God for my parents, for my family, for my kids, for my grandkids, for my friends, for my people that I work with? That if we talk to God about people before we talk to people about God, I think it's an amazing place to be, to have a heart to pray, to be, uh, to be in a place where you can spend time privately praying for people, knowing that when the time comes publicly, it's an answer, it's an answer to prayer. That when the time comes publicly and naturally to have the conversation, spiritually you're ready to go. Spiritually you've been praying for that family member, for that friend, well before the conversation happens. I wanted to challenge us this morning and, and ask, are we praying for those that aren't here today? How many people are driving past this building this morning? How many people are just waking up? How many people aren't here today? And God is, God is, is, is waiting. God is calling them to be here and He wants to use you. Are we praying for the lost? Are we praying for the ones that aren't here today? Are we praying for the prodigals, for the ones that are hurting and without hope? And I think this is something that every one of us can do. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a Christian for a decade. All you need is you to stop and have a conversation with God and to call out to Him and say, God, I've got my child, I've got my parents, I've got my family members that don't know you and God, my heart is that you would create an opportunity for me to speak to them. God, my prayer, my faith is that, that as you're calling their name, God, that you would use me to have that conversation, to invite them, to have that conversation with them, to let them know what I know and what I believe. church, you have the answer. And there are people that aren't here this morning that don't know the answer. There are people this morning that don't even know that they don't know the answer. <laughs> and as we close this morning and as we close today, would you have a heart to spend time praying for those ones around you, the ones in your world, God, I pray for them, but God, I pray for an opportunity to be able to speak into their lives, to be able to share the hope and faith that I have in you. And I wanted to, wanted to finish with this and we have our Pray First booklets that we have uh, available at our Connect station after the service. And, and these Pray First booklets are for you 
They're a free resource. Uh, if you want one, you can have one and go to the desk and ask for one and they'll give it to you for free. And this is a resource for you. It's to help you, uh, to encourage you to in, in all areas of prayer. But there is a section in here that gives you scriptures and some thoughts on how we can pray for those around us who don't yet know God. And can I say that this is a resource, this is something that I use even today. I still use this, I love it. So easy, so simple. There's scriptures there, you can pray over situations, over people. It's so encouraging, it's so helpful. And, and if you're here and going, yep, that's great, Pastor Trav, I'm still learning and stepping out in faith to talk to people and to have that conversation with people. But maybe for you today, it's about, well, how does that look like to begin that prayer life to be able to pray for those un, un, uh, uh, unsaved? This is the next step. Grab one of these. Let it help you, let it guide you, let it encourage you to pray for those ones in your life that God would create and bring the very opportunity for you to speak life into the people around your world. And so as we close today, uh, my prayer is that you're blessed, that you've been encouraged and challenged to go into your world and to share the good news to those that are closest to you, to those that are around your world. And church, I know that the fruit of these couple of weeks will be great. That my prayer doesn't just end with today. My prayer doesn't finish with, oh, well, we've spoken about that for a couple of weeks and I hope that goes well and we'll see how we go next year. Know that I'm praying for you. Praying that when the opportunity comes, that we'd be ready to exercise the faith that we have and be ready to grab hold of that opportunity that is presented in front of us. I believe that God is calling every single person in this community to be here with us. Not so that church would just be bigger, not just so that uh, uh, it, would, it would look good, but so that people would be confident to know where their eternity lies. That people would be able to come here and know that there is a God that loves them, that no matter what their week looks like, they know that they could come here on a Sunday morning and be able to experience the presence of God. That they could call out to God and know that, hey, I know that place on a Sunday morning is a place where God, where, where God is. And every single person that you drive past this afternoon, every person that you walk past, that you see, there is a place, there is a seat here for them. And God, I pray that you use us to be your hands and feet to have that conversation with every person that, we, uh, uh, that, 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 that comes into our world, that crosses our path. And so Father, we just thank you for these weeks. I thank you that you've been stirring in our spirit. You've been calling us, God, to take the next step, to rise up, to push past the fear, to, to push past the, the storm that we see around us, God, I pray that the storm that people are walking through today, Lord, I, I, I speak to it and I say that it is just a distraction. God, that it is not, it is not there to, 
to direct their life. It is not there to consume their life. It is not there to take over their life. But God, any storm in any capacity in any person's life, whether they're here or not, God, that that storm is a distraction. And God, I thank You that in the middle of the storm, You are right there with them. God, that let them know today that they can trust You. Their confidence can be in You. God, whether they feel like you're sleeping or not, whether it feels like the boat is about to sink and the water's coming in and they feel like they're gonna drown and they've been going through it for too long and they don't know what the future looks like. Father, I thank You today that we can put our faith in You. God, that as we hear Your Word, as we hear the very Word of God, the promises, God, that You make, that You are not just a promise maker, but You are a promise keeper. And I thank You today, God, that as people hear Your Word, they can be confident God, that you're with them, confident that the storm is only just for a season. The storm is only here now, but it will come just as it came, it will go. And God, I thank you that during the storm, in the middle of what is going on around people, Lord, that you would wanna do a work in them. God, I thank you that the storm is not just there to keep them busy. It's not just there, uh, God, because you took your hand off them or you didn't realise, but God, I thank you that every storm that, that, uh, that, every, that, that people are facing today, God is there to do a work in them. God, that it is there to call them, to rise them up, to take the next step to the next level. God, to activate their faith to a place where they've never been before. God, to produce an outwork of faith that they never thought they had. God, they didn't think it was in them. They didn't know, they didn't think that they could ever reach, they could ever be at a place where they could stand and believe in You. But God, I thank You for the faith that people will activate and produce, God, as they hear Your Word. And Lord, I thank You that as people activate, as people begin to stir a faith in them, that God, we believe who You are. We believe in Your salvation. We believe in Your power. We believe in Your authority. We believe in the promises of God. Lord, I thank You as people stir, as people take the next step, as people get excited and passionate about the God that we serve. Thank You, God, that the opportunities will come. The opportunities will come, God, like we never thought. The opportunities like we didn't expect. The opportunities where we think this is too good to be true. I didn't think they would come to church. I didn't think they would ask me about my faith. I didn't think they would ask me how I'm getting through this. I didn't think they would ask, why am I not crying? Why am I not struggling? Why am I not breaking down and giving up? It's because of my faith in a God that is bigger than every situation, every circumstance. And God, I thank You for the conversations. I thank You for the opportunities. God, I thank You for the seeds that'll be sown in people's lives all across this community. God, that we will bear a fruit, that they will see a fruit for the Kingdom of God. God, I pray that next month, Lord, that even next month we will see ones here with us on a Sunday morning from the very fruit of conversations. God, I thank You that this time next year, there will be families, there will be kids, there will be teenagers, there will be our family, our friends, God, people with us here this time next year. Lord, all because of a conversation, all because of a seed that was sown today, all because of a seed that was sown in this season now. And Father, I thank You that You made a way. God, I thank You that we can be confident in who You are, that we don't have to worry about what we've done. We don't have to stress about how uh, our past or the decisions we make. But God, I thank You that You made a way, Lord, for every person to come to find salvation, that the gift is for them. The work has been done. God, the cross has, been, has come and gone, that You have defeated death and grave and sin. And God, every person has a gift today to come and know You.